Welcome and thanks for listening to the Community Christian Church Podcast. To learn more about Community Christian Church, visit us online at cccsterling.org. Today's message comes from Pastor Chris Ria. Well, good morning, everybody. It's so good to be with you here in this summer. Who's enjoying the summer so far? Come on. It's been a beautiful summer. I want to start today by asking you a question. And the question is this, what is your biggest worry right now? Think about it for a second. What is your biggest worry right now? When you Google this, there's seven main worries that people have in their minds. Number one being finances. Number two, health, physical, mental health. Three is career. Four, relationships, finding love if you're single and having a good marriage if you're married. Number five is family. Number six is spiritual life. And number seven is time. These are the things that people worry about the most. So let me ask you, what are you worried about today? It's easy to worry. It really is. In fact, most of us spend a lot of time worrying about things that actually don't ever happen. I'll never forget when Megan and I went on our honeymoon, we took a cruise to the Caribbean. And while we were in the Caribbean, my new bride said to me, there's only two things I want to see on this trip. And she said, I want to see a waterfall and a monkey, a live monkey. Those are the two things that I want to see here in the Caribbean. I want it to be like the movies when you see these tropical waterfalls and a live monkey. In fact, I'd love to hold a live monkey. Okay. This is my challenge as a new husband, the first one. So I went and I went to the cruise ship and I figured out that they had an excursion to a waterfall in a tropical part of the land, but it was going to cost $400. Was, you know, it's back in 2001, it was a lot of money, still a lot of money. But I was like, you know, we can't really afford this. We're 21 years old, barely have full-time jobs, and so I got to figure out a better way to do this. So we get off the island, and all of a sudden we're surrounded by taxi cabs. And a guy gets out of the car, local guy, and he says, what can I take you to see? And I looked at my wife, And I looked at him, and I said, I need to see two things. He said, what? I said, I need to see a waterfall and a monkey. And uh, he laughed. He said, no problem. I'll take you to see both. I said, how much? He said, $60. You do it all for $60. Sounds like a deal. Let's go. We get in the back of this taxi, and we take off. I'm sorry to my father-in-law for doing this to your daughter. I know that, you know, that wasn't the safest move. So we're, we're on our journey in this taxi cab, and 30 minutes goes by, 45 minutes, an hour, and I'm starting to get a little nervous, 
And I say, uh, how much longer? Oh, just a little further. Hour and a half. Two hours goes by. Now we're in this part of town. We're going through town, and people are looking at us funny. There's a bunch of three-legged dogs running around. There's trash all over, the sh- all over everywhere. And we even saw a guy who I'm pretty sure was demon-possessed walking down the road just glaring at us. He had a rope with a bell tied to uh, his leg. And the taxi cab driver said, oh, don't look at him. He's the town outcast. And I'm like, where am I? And I'm starting to sweat. And I'm starting to stress. Three hours we're in this car. And then all of a sudden, there it was. The most beautiful waterfall we've ever seen in our entire lives. We got out and it was just picturesque like the movies. I was gonna show you a picture, but that was back when you had those disposable cameras and the picture just doesn't do it justice. But it is, it was phenomenal. This little old man cutting up fresh fruit as we walked in, giving it to us, and you had this beautiful, gorgeous waterfall. Completely worth it. We got back in the car after spending some time there and we started driving back and about an hour and a half into our ride back, he pulled over to the side of the road and there was literally one guy holding a monkey. (laughs) And we got out of the car right there and my taxi cab driver went up to him and said, she wants to hold your monkey. And he said, okay, that'll be $20. I said, okay. And we held a monkey. We made it happen. The two biggest things on that honeymoon. But a lot of times, we worry about things that don't actually occur. I mean, I was sweating in that car. I really thought you were going to see a headline. You know, naive honeymooners getting taxi cab and are murdered and left for dead. You know what I mean? Like robbed and left for dead. I really thought that was going to be the headline when I was sitting in that car three hours into the trip, but it ended up being one of the greatest moments of our lives. And see, that's what happens is we spend so much time worrying about the future and worrying about things, and a lot of times those things don't even happen, and we end up having something way better. We end up on an adventure, something that proved maybe to cause worry in the first place, like losing your job or something happening in life that you, life just not going the way you thought it would go. And then all of a sudden, there's an amazing new adventure you're on that you wouldn't have got on any other way. So we spend a lot of time worrying about the future. And it's human nature to do that, but I think that's why Jesus put this in his sermon on the mount. And that's what we're gonna talk about today. The passage of scripture found in Matthew 6, 25, where Jesus tells us what to do with our worry. So here we go, Matthew 6, 25. Jesus says, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, 
what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear? Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? So right off the bat, he says, hey, don't worry. This, this, this phrase, do not worry, it literally means do not burden your life with stress. This is very clear. Just like, do not burden your life with stress. And he's specifically talking about our continual concern for security in this world. That's what we all long for is security. And he's saying, do not burden your life with stress, worrying about having a completely secure future. Because if you do, you're gonna get way too focused on material things and earthly things, and you're not gonna be able to enjoy life and enjoy your relationship with God as much. He goes on to say in Matthew 6, 26, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? I mean, this time of year, you can look around, there's birds, there's nests, there's baby birds, there's baby ducks, they're everywhere. Geese, hundreds, thousands, millions maybe. And God cares about feeding them. And he's saying, you, I made in my image, in my likeness. I fearfully and wonderfully made each and every one of you. Don't you think I'm gonna meet your need and take care of you? He's giving us confidence. He's restoring confidence in God because so many of us, myself included, we turn to our own ways so often We get so self-sufficient and we feel like if it is to be, it's up to me. And we forget that there's a God who does love us, who wants to provide for us and meet the needs we have. He goes on to say, I like this rhetorical question, Matthew 6, 27. Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? Nope. Matthew 6, 28, and why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon, Solomon is the richest king in history, and all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow's thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? You have little faith. You know, back in the day, what they would do is material that was used to start fires, it was scarce in Palestine, so what they would do is they would grab weeds, grass, flowers, anything they could get, and they had these big pots, and they would literally boil water, and they would cook stuff in these pots, and they would use exactly what Jesus was talking about, they'd use flowers and grass and weeds and they would use it to burn, to heat the pot. And Jesus is saying, look at how beautiful some of these weeds and flowers and grasses. 
And all you do is you rip it up and you throw it in a fire. Do you not think if that stuff is so beautiful and God cares about the detail of those little things, that he's not intricately equated with the details of your life? He is. Every detail of our lives, he knows it, he's there, he's with us. But it's very hard not to worry about the future. I mean, this all sounds great, but with gas prices high, inflation, countries invading other countries, our mutual funds and retirement accounts down 20% on the year, still dealing with COVID-19, I mean, how is it possible to not worry. I want to give you three main problems with worry. I think Jesus knew what worry would do to us, and this is why he's trying desperately to convince us not to worry but to trust. I know some of you were very excited when you saw this because you know you get to see my amazing handwriting in action again. Okay. I love triangles. This, this one's not working. Always have a backup marker. I think there's pretty much three main problems with worry. And the first one is this. I'm gonna go all caps. I'm gonna redo this guy right here. So artistic. In case you can't read that, it says, worry kills our ability to enjoy our relationship with God and enjoy life. It's very hard to trust God when we're full of worry and stress and it really cripples our ability to really enjoy our relationship with him. And also just to enjoy life in general. Stress takes its toll on us, worry takes its toll on us. It really does suck the joy right out of life sometimes. Number two problem is this. Worry creates health problems. I know I got some teachers here in the front, so if I'm misspelling anything, just let me know. Worry creates health problems. Do you know that 90% of all doctor-related visits are because of stress-related mental health issues right now? It's a lot. I think Jesus knew this. He knew what worry and stress would do to our mental health and our physical health because the body and the mind are so closely connected that when your mind is under, has trauma, it's in a fight or flight mode, it experiences adrenaline, whatever it is, it affects our whole body. And that's why, that's what worry does, it creates health problems. Can you guys see that over there? Number three problem is worry 
doesn't change our situation. We think it does, but it doesn't. This is, why, this is what Jesus spent the first half of this portion of scripture that we just read talking about. He talked about what worry does, and it, he pretty much breaks it down with these three things. It doesn't change, it doesn't add any time to our lives. So that's the bad news today, is that worry's not good for us. We, don't, we need to figure out ways not to worry. The good news is Jesus doesn't leave us here in this sermon. He goes on to give us ways that we can combat worry in our lives. The first way is to seek him. Matthew 6.33 goes on to say, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. The word seek here means to seek continually. It means to live a lifestyle of worship and prayer to God. Do you know that it's almost impossible to worry and worship at the same time? I mean, when we were here this morning and we were just caught up in worship, especially that last song, thank you, Brian and Hannah Craw. Oh my goodness, what an amazing song. You can't write a song like that without being in the intimate place of the Father. And when you're there, it's super hard to worry. When you're seeking God and trusting God, and see, the more you seek God, the more you read his word, the more you cultivate a relationship with him, the more he downloads his heart to you, and you see his goodness, and you remember his faithfulness, and you know his promises. And he's downloading that to you. And it's helping you go, okay, I don't need to worry. God's got me. He cares about the little things. He's got my life. So that's solution to number one problem is to seek God. Go to God. When we start to worry, it's so easy to first thing to start creating a strategy, a plan, an attempt to kind of control our worry. This is what we do. If I worry about it, I can control it. I can be ready for it. I can be prepared for it. That's the story we tell ourselves. But the truth is, that's not true. When we can take all that worry and we can give it to God and put it in his hands and lay it at the foot of the cross where he said, come to me, all you are weary and heavy burdened and I will give you rest. That's what seeking God allows us to do. It gives us rest from the stories, the storms, the hardships, the trials and the pain of this world. It gives us rest from it. I'll never forget when my niece Adriana was young. She was just little. I think maybe one and a half, two years old. She's just a little baby. And, and one day Tony and I, my brother Tony, we were, we were on babysitting duty. And we were watching our little niece, my niece's daughter. And she got a hold of this ice cube. And she had it in her hand and she just gripped it. 
And then all of a sudden it got so cold that she started to cry, right? This ice cube is freezing her hand and she didn't like that pain, so she started to cry. And so Tony's like, well, give me the ice cube. I'll take the ice cube, and she wouldn't let it go. She didn't realize that's what was causing her pain because she wanted that ice cube. He started getting all these bigger toys. I got this toy, Audrey. I got this toy. I got this. And we're trying desperately just to get her to give this ice cube to us so we can give her something better. But she gripped down on it and cried harder, and it got colder. And then finally, she opened up her hand and let it go, and all of a sudden the tears stopped. She realized that what she was clamping down on was actually creating the pain in her life. Then she was happy again, and she got a bigger, better, nicer toy and moved on. But isn't that what we do with worry? We clamp down on it. We double down. We hold it. We got it. We have to worry. We have to prepare ourselves. And we don't realize that the very stress that we're carrying from that worry is creating these health problems and God is trying to get our attention. And he's saying, I've got this and I've got this better thing and I've got this better thing. And it seems so simple, let go of the ice cube, but it's so hard. And he's saying, just let it go. I've got it. I've got you, I care about you, I care about all the details of your life. I've got you, I've got you. I've got good things in store for your future. You'll be okay, just let go. So hard to do, but really the number way to combat worry is to give it to God, to seek Him first, to go after Him with everything we have. And all these other things in our life, they just seem to fall in place when we do that. But that's the first thing we abandoned, isn't it? We try everything else before we just go to God and cultivate a deep relationship with Him full of trust and passion and love and grace. So number one is we gotta seek Him and put it in His hands. Because the truth is, we can't control outcomes in this world. I don't know if you know this. There's certain things that are in our control, and hey, go for it. But there's certain things that are just completely out of our control. Curveballs. And they come. And really, the only option we have is to give it to God. So that's number one. Number two is enjoy today. Enjoy today. Let's see, which one did this go? Thank you. We worry, most anxiety happens when we worry too much about the past or the future. We spend most of our brain capacity in either the past or the future, and that's where worry and stress and anxiety come from. So if we can learn to be present and stay in the moment, we can enjoy life a lot more. In fact, Jesus said it this way, he says, therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. 
This literally is translated like this, that it's absurd to be over-anxious, full of fear and worry about a day that has not even arrived yet. But we spend so much time there. So much time is devoted to worry and fear of the future. What's gonna happen in my kid's future? What's gonna happen in my parents' future? What's gonna happen in my friend's future? What's gonna happen in my future? And on and on and on, and we are already down the road. And we lose the ability to enjoy today and the moments we do have with our loved ones. They're right in front of us. And we're so worried about them in the future, we don't enjoy them now. This is today we've got. We're only guaranteed right now. And Jesus is saying, enjoy today. Tomorrow, oh my gosh, we'll deal with tomorrow tomorrow. Live in the present. This is hard, especially for our planners out there. And I'm not saying throw a life plan away. You'll see it in my next point. But it is important when it comes to worry and stress to try to stay in the present, stay in the moment, stay focused on today. Because if you don't, what happens is you begin to escape from your stress, from your worry, from your pain. And most people go to unhealthy escapes. If you don't go to God when you get stressed, what do you go to? How do you relieve the stress? How do you relieve the worry? Because we all go to something for that, whether it's food or TV or a hobby or worse, alcohol, drugs, you name it. Do you know in the COVID-19 pandemic that the average American drinker went from having six drinks per week to 18 drinks per week? And drug use, including cannabis and prescription pills, quadrupled. Because when we have stress and worry in our life and we don't go to God with it, we have to cope somehow. We have to figure it out. And this is what Jesus knew. He's saying, enjoy today. Stay in the moment. You don't need these escapes. I've got you. Anxiety, stress, fear, anger, all these negative emotions occur when we spend way too much time either in the past or the future. Enjoy today. Today's what we got. Number three, my planners, I didn't forget about you. Create a solution for worry. Create a solution for worry. This whole passage we just read on the Sermon on the Mount, the plan is to first trust God. I mean, that's what it's all about. Jesus is trying to remind us, I'm here. You're not alone. That's plan number one, is to understand that you are not alone on this earth. I've got you, I'm walking with you, and I don't promise that you'll never have 
pain in this world, but I do promise to be there with you even through the pain. I was listening to a pastor speak on something similar about pain, and he said it like this. He said, there are, if you look throughout the Bible, there's so many verses that talk about rejoicing and having joy, and he's like, they wouldn't be there if you never went through anything hard. You gotta learn these principles. And if you always were in a season of rejoicing or a season of peace, then you wouldn't, we wouldn't need all these passages in the Bible, and it's true. We've gotta give to God what we can't control, what's out of our hands. But I do believe there's ways to change our thinking patterns so that we can create a plan for our worry. When we get fearful and we get worried, our mind wants to protect us and it goes to all of these danger levels. But if we can learn to say to ourselves, I'm gonna give it to God. I'm gonna enjoy today. I'm not gonna worry about tomorrow. I'm not gonna worry about the past. I'm gonna forgive myself. I'm gonna let go of the toxic thoughts in my mind and I am going to be positive about the future. Be positive about the future. When is the last time you've heard anyone you've talked to positive about the future? But it can change everything in our negative emotions and in our brain and in the way we're wired when we can be positive instead of negative about the future. My wife taped something to my mirror a few months ago, and it was a 30-day challenge that you're supposed to declare over yourself every single day for 30 days. And it's supposed to get you out of a funk, out of the negativity, and speaking positive and life things over you. And I just want to read a little something from it. It says this, I, Chris Rhea, choose my thoughts. I know that doing my best starts with thinking my best. My thoughts will set the course for my actions. That's a powerful line. My thoughts will set the course for my actions. I'm confident that what I think matters. I'm excited to see what happens next. And here are 10 things I know. Declaration time. Today is brand new. I've got a gift worth giving. The only person standing in my way is me and I quit doing that yesterday. I'm the CEO of me and I'm the best boss. Winning is contagious. When I help others win, I win too. Feeling uncomfortable is just a sign that my old comfort zone is having a hard time keeping up with me. Momentum is messy. Everything is always working out for me. I am my biggest fan. The best response to obstacles is to do it anyway. Today is the day of untold opportunities. I've packed honesty, generosity, laughter, and bravery for the road ahead. Watch out, world. It's time to step up, step out, and step into my calling. What if we started our days like that? Instead of waking up and just getting hit with fear and worry 
and stress? What if we put that aside and said, I'm going to create a plan. I'm going to seek God first today. I'm going to open his word. I'm going to read his promises and declare his truth over my life today, that he is for me, not against me. That he's got good things in store for my future. That he loves me unconditionally and is constantly redeeming my mistakes. That he wants to lead me and guide me and speak to me and through me. That he wants to meet every need you have. Health, financial, family related. He wants to meet those needs. He wants to be a part of your story. And when he is, we don't have to worry as much because what we end up getting is we get a life of supernatural peace, joy, purpose, and fulfillment. Two wells in the full. Maybe. So this is the whole thing, guys. Worry kills our ability to enjoy God in life. It creates health problems. It does not change our situation. But when we can seek God and trust him and learn to enjoy today the people we have in our lives today, and then we can create a solution for our worry where we take these negative emotions and put them aside and choose to think positively, we end up with a life of supernatural peace, supernatural joy, supernatural purpose, and fulfillment in this life. That's what God wants to do for every single single one of you today. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I thank you so much for everything that you're doing in our lives, God. Lord, there's so much worry. There's so much pain. There's so much heartache. There's so much uncertainty in the future. But Lord, today, we're declaring as a church We're declaring individually that we are going to seek you, that we are going to take all of this pile of worry and stress and anxiety and fear, and we're going to put it in your lap. We're going to lay it at your feet, that you're going to take it from us. And you're going to replace it with healthy emotions like joy and peace and happiness and fun and adventure in our lives, God. That is possible today. Even in the world we live in, even in the craziness among us, it's still possible. And I thank you that it's only possible in a healthy way because of you. We thank you so much for giving us peace and joy in Jesus' name. Amen.